0: Hello there, Kansas City. Steven St. John here with finally another new fucking episode of Hot Mike with SSJ. You thought they canceled us? Well, I did too. Not really. I've been gone. I'll explain myself here in a moment. But I would like to thank our wonderful sponsors for sticking with us. My man, Patrick Carter, KCFarmersAgent.com. He's here to help you complete your insurance picture. All right. I've told you, you don't want to go to uh, an 800 number and talk to someone In another state, another city Somebody halfway around the world You don't fucking know who you're talking to But if you talk to Patrick Carter You know he's right here in town And you're talking to someone that cares about you And cares about Kansas City And cares about Hot Mike with SSJ So kcfarmersagent.com And talk to my man Patrick Carter And he will take good care of you Also my friends at CBD American Shaman CBDamericanshaman.com You can go and check uh, check out their website for all of their wonderful products. I know my cousin Betty has uh, has uh, some issues with joint pain and things like that. And she swears by the CBD American Shaman and all of their wonderful products. And uh, I love it, too. And so if you're looking to get rid of that pain or if you just want to just... Chill out one night and relax. Go check out CBD American Shaman. Great products and great people, my friends at CBD American Shaman. And our newest sponsor, uh, the good folks at KC Grilling Company. Go to kcgrillingco.com. That's kcgrillingco.com. I just got my new Smoking Brothers smoker from KC Grilling Company. I'm very excited to use it. They have delicious select meats available also at Casey Grilling Company, including the Nate Bucati Bologna Chub which is always available to our wonderful listeners. You can go out there and get rubs and seasonings, barbecue sauces, injections and marinades, uh, outdoor kitchens, grills and smokers, all of it. Uh, So for more information, simply go to kcgrillingcode.com. Thank you again to all of our sponsors. If you're interested in sponsoring this fucking podcast, why not contact me, Stephen St. John, at 810whb.com, Or just uh, if you see me in the streets, hey, I want to sponsor your podcast, we can get something done under the table. Trust me. Line my pockets. All right. So I was gone for a while. I, uh, I took some vacation time where I didn't go anywhere. More of a staycation. I just stayed at home. And uh, I didn't feel great, so I did nothing. Um, and, uh, well, I shouldn't say I did nothing. The week I took vacation was the final week of my daughter's softball season until so she had a postseason tournament up at uh, Tiffany Springs. And so I was able to go to those games every night and spend some more time with my family and just kind of do stuff around Kansas City. And so that was a good uh, week-long uh, staycation away from work. But that led into my trip to Lake Tahoe uh, for the American Century Golf Championship, which was always awesome. And I tell you, I don't just say this because, you know, they're they're partners with us and they're kind enough to invite us out there every year. That's and I haven't been a lot of places. I don't like to travel. I've never been. uh, I've never been overseas. The only place I've been really was when I was a kid. I was uh, I was in I was in Puerto Vallarta. With uh, my my dad and my mom and my uncle Phil and Aunt Marilyn, and my dad was fucking super pissed off because uh, for a while would not come out of my hotel room because I was in seventh grade. What do you think? You know, he leave me alone in this room. Um, and then I just wanted to go and buy wrestling masks at uh, markets, and like it was a fucking waste for me in seventh grade to go to uh, to go to Mexico because I just wanted to eat, buy things, and go to the beach and and stare at uh, women. Uh, awkwardly uh, and so but it was beautiful. I, I remember that and I've been to Tijuana, which is kind of more my speed uh, But there was there was no there was no beach. There was just uh, uh, There's a, there a lot of weird shit going on and I went there with my wife uh, and a, After a Chiefs Chargers game and a lot of fucking weird shit happened that I'm not going to talk about But I'm probably not going back because I shouldn't and my wife said never again. So that's we that's it's another story sorry um, and so I really haven't been like a whole lot of beautiful scenic places. I want my bucket list. I want to go to Hawaii because uh, I want to get laid. <laughs> yes. You know that, the flowers. I want to go to Hawaii. That's where I'd like to go. Um, so that's that's on the bucket list. I want to go back to Mexico as an adult so I could actually take advantage of the fucking scenery and uh, go somewhere and, and act like a reasonable human being. So I'd like to do that. Um, and, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm not an, I don't, I don't really care about going to Europe or overseas or whatever else. So like, I'm not very well traveled. You know, I, I go to Olathe sometimes. Uh, you, I've seen quite a bit in St. Joe. I'm going to Omaha this weekend. So if you ha- by the way, if you have any suggestions about where to eat, I'm taking my daughter, Selena, for her, uh, a basketball tournament up in beautiful Omaha, Nebraska with her basketball team, her Northland Elite And Coach Rick, I'm assistant coach. How about that? And so if you have any, if you listen to this podcast, if you have any suggestions, I got a lot of great suggestions on places to eat in Wichita when we went there for a basketball tournament last month, so now we're going to Omaha. We'll be there for three days. Uh, Where should I go? Where should I eat in Omaha, Nebraska? If you have any suggestions, send me an email, uh, John at 810whb.com. Or if you watch this on YouTube, just fucking comment uh, in the comment section, like, subscribe, do all of it. Uh, so I'll be up in uh, Omaha this weekend. But I don't I don't I don't like to fly, I like to drive everywhere. So, so finally, a uh, long-winded uh, story here. Lake Tahoe, South Lake Tahoe is, is the most beautiful place I've ever been. It's it's just it's breathtaking. And the weather's perfect. Like when we were up there, like the high was 72 and the low was 40 and that's that's right in my fucking zone baby and you and the, the sun the sun can get on you it's hot um, but I mean I don't think you ever got above 75 I think that maybe that was the highest you know one day very comfortable and the night's very cool and the, and the, the wind comes in off that uh, nice cool lake beautiful lake very cold water you can see down to the bottom I've jumped in that lake several times it's cold as shit but I love it it's refreshing it's revitalizing And the mountains, I mean, just everything about it. It's like it makes you feel good to be there, and uh, and I loved it. And so um, that's where I was for like four days or so, and I really couldn't do a podcast up there. Um, And so we were, uh, and when we, and it's it's a weird. The only thing bad about Tahoe, it's a it's kind of a tough travel itinerary because like from Kansas City, you got to fly to Vegas. And then take another plane and fly to Reno, and then you can you could like take a shuttle that would take you like an hour and twenty minutes to go from Reno to Lake Tahoe, or you could rent a car, like I did with Soren Petro and Ben Messner, and almost fucking die on your way to uh, to Lake Tahoe. Because let me tell you, he gets stuff done. I'm gonna give him that. Like he's not a terrible driver, like Jason Anderson. I I drove in a minivan at the Super Bowl in Tampa when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And I was sure a couple of times that I wasn't going to fucking make it back to Kansas City because Jason Anderson, he's a good guy. I like him. Formerly of the Northland, so he's good people. Fucking terrible driver. And you can ask Todd Lebo, too. There were times in that van, and the traffic's terrible in construction and everything else in Miami, so it's not an easy place to drive. But I would look at Todd like, what the fuck is he doing? It was like I was driving with a 17-year-old girl who had just gotten her license that was being distracted by the phone but also had behavioral issues and cursing out people in other cars. So that was kind of – that's not a great vibe, is it? And so Petro's not a bad driver like Anderson, but he's very aggressive. And he will – he started – Ben was in this fucking car with me. He started cussing people out like – the second we left the fucking parking lot. of, And you think I cuss a lot in this podcast? Nothing. Nobody has ever cussed more in my life than my dad when I was a kid. He's changed a lot, but he would be motherfuck this. And he would like this wide variety. And like the think of the worst curse words you could come up with in your mind. And my dad would say them, and he'd combine them. And it got to be very difficult for me because he'd do that when he was mad. But I got to a certain age that I, it would make me giggle. I'd laugh because of all the shit he would say. But then it would make him madder if he saw me laugh. What the fuck are you laughing? at? But, I, you know, I couldn't help myself. And it's kind of like that with Trent. It's not he's not as creative with the curse words. But, I mean, we, I could say whatever I want, right? Like, and Ben will back me up here. <laughs> the, <laughs> the word cunt was used a lot on that trip. <laughs> on that on that hour. And it didn't take an hour, like 45 minutes, because he was zoom zooming. And he I don't know what kind of car it was, but it was again it was a car that like if you have a 16 year old and they oh, I need a first car to drive around. Great. Great little car. If you have two Portly sports talk show hosts and then you've got Ben Messner, and you've got like five bags of luggage. Terrible fucking car. We were wedged in there to the point where I told him, I said, I can't, you, I'm can't. i going to put my life in your hands. I can't buckle my seatbelt because I can't fucking move. And I thought maybe we we're going to have to get the jaws of life to pull me out of the car. So it was a bad situation. So I told Ben right away when I saw it, I said, you have to sit in the back. Because if I get in the back seat, then I'll never fucking get out of the back seat. I might be stuck in there for the trip. And so Ben, and Ben had never driven with Petro. I have. We drove to Indianapolis for the Super Bowl several years ago, and I think we fucking got there like in five hours or something, something ridiculous. Like the ETA was like six and a half or seven, whatever it was. Somehow he shaved. I think I think we fucking flew part way. We got a ticket in Columbia, but he shaved like 90 minutes off the ETA. I don't know how. But I woke up, we're here, so great. And so I knew what to expect. Ben didn't. And fucking Ben was in the back seat rolling around and he really having no control of his body. And there were times, like, I look back in the rearview mirror, I thought he was going to vomit and he was getting sick. He got motion sickness. I'm not fucking with you. He got motion sickness in the back of the car. And we got out of there. It like, he looked like he had busted out of prison. He wanted to run and kiss the ground. So it was a very rough ride up there. So, yeah, it took a lot. It's like a 12-hour process to get to Lake Tahoe. But when you get there, it's gorgeous. And you don't want to leave, and it's beautiful, and the air is crisp and clean, and you can go up on a mountain and do a zip line, a couple thousand feet in the air. I did that, and jump in the icy waters of Lake Tahoe. It's wonderful. Can't say enough great things about it. And when we're up there, you know, it's long days. We're, we're doing the show at the American Century Golf Championship, chasing around different people to do interviews. I was lucky enough to do a quick interview with Steph Curry, Uh, Jerry Rice, Steve Young, Marcus Allen. I took a picture with Miles Teller, who's the star of Top Gun, Maverick, and also The Offer, which is a wonderful TV show that you can fucking watch about the making of The Godfather. And then I talked to Miles Teller's mother for like 15 minutes. I took a picture with her, and we were looking at pictures of each other's kids, so I feel like I bonded with her. Um, uh, I think basically— uh, which Jonas was it? Was it Joe or was one of the Jonas? I think it's Joe Jonas. One of the Jonas brothers. Uh, I said, hey, can I do an interview with you? And he goes, ah, I didn't even say anything. He just walked off. So he fucking stiffed me. Um, you know, Timberlake said no. It was, it was, it, we had the Miz. The Miz was a very nice gentleman. You know, WWE superstar of the Miz. Um, and so it was a good trip overall. Uh, but just the getting there and then the getting home. Is And by the way, probably do not eat a big meal at uh, In-N-Out Burger before you're going to take two flights and everything else. And so that was maybe some issues that I had to really uh, use determination to get home uh, because I ate a lot on the trip home. And so Lake Tahoe, fantastic. And the American Century Championship was awesome. So that's where I was for a couple of weeks. I couldn't do the podcast. And then Ben was on vacation for a couple of weeks, because uh, well, because he has to have vacation with his family, and so then he's the producer, and he has to. Eat. For some reason, this is this is a good thing. Ben understands job security. He teaches no one else how to do this fucking podcast. I asked him, Hey, can anyone else do this? He goes, no,pe I'm the only one, and he ain't telling nobody, and he ain't showing nobody. So that's job security. Do something very well, and then don't ever teach anyone else how to do it, and your job will always be safe. That's what that's the lesson I got from Ben Messner about this thing, and so. Now we're back, and here we are. And right now, we have a special guest joining us via the telephone. We have uh, perhaps I'm I'm pretty sure the most beloved uh, media personality, just the most beloved person in Kansas City. Gary Lezak joins us. And and Gary, again, I don't want you to be alarmed. I can curse. I say a lot of fucking bad words on this podcast. (laughs) And so if, if you would like to enjoy that freedom right now and cuss at me, Gary, please take advantage of the opportunity.
1: Well, if you piss me off, I might, but I'm not. I probably won't uh, cuss, but uh, you never know. You know, I, am just. I'll just be myself, 100%. So, whatever you want to talk about, Stephen, I'm
0: fine. I'm here for you. Okay. And so the reason I wanted to have you on is because yesterday we've been we've been planning this, and finally happened yesterday. We went to see the Elvis movie and we were very excited i had seen it 3 times already but i was ready to see it a fourth time my wife was excited to go see the movie with you so we went to a matinee yesterday and we got and first and again i'm very sorry i didn't tell you Yesterday that I did this, but when I bought the tickets online, it gives you a choice. Adult, children, or seniors, and it says senior, 60-plus. <laughs> you have you have celebrated your 60th birthday, so I bought you a senior ticket, but I didn't tell you. Are you fucking offended by that, or are you are you okay with uh, that now?
1: I, I'm absolutely fine with that. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> I have not done any senior senior. Any discounts yet at all? I've been—I thought it was sixty-five. Now that it's sixty at the movie theater, that's good to know. I might as well go in and use that discount. So, thank you very much for doing that, and thank you for paying.
0: Right? Hey, look, two dollars is two dollars, Gary. I'm, you know, you, it all adds up. Th- it all adds up in this it economy, does. and so we're Al there. And, it and, adds up. That's exactly right, Elvis. Yeah, you, hell, he he fucking owed all that money to the colonel. Anyway, oh, poor guy. You, and I I like the fact that you and you, you everyone knows you're a workout warrior. Uh, you're built like a brick shit house. You 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 lift weights every day. You're throwing weights around, and you go in there. You eat very healthy, but you said, "I'm going to enjoy this experience. I'm going to enjoy the movie." You fucking ate. You had a you had a an icy. You, you, had a hot dog, you had popcorn, and you had fucking raisinets, and then, then you had a bottle of water. Somehow, like, like an eraser that made it all fucking healthy because you drank water. Did you enjoy the feast of movie concessions that you uh, that you had yesterday at uh, Elvis?
1: Well, yes, because first of all, you know I'm really healthy, right? So I was already feeling. I think you knew me well enough. For, I I didn't wasn't even concerned if it was somebody else. I'd be thinking, God, they're probably thinking I eat like crap. How is this is ridiculous, you know? So so when I went in there and I literally ordered the popcorn and the icy and the I forgot about the hot dog, got the raisinets, got the water, sat down, we're in the movie theater, and I forgot the hot dog, and your lovely, wonderful wife, Susan, comes through and gets up and waits in that long line and hey. gets me my hot dog. That so was really, really, really sweet of her. But yeah, I ate all of that. I don't feel great today because of that, Right. but um, i that's my one splurge day. I do eat healthy most of the time. I cook meals for Andy and me. We, we eat pretty good, and and, um, and I work out. I had a great workout today, so I'm feeling good. But, yeah, I, I, I splurged, but it's okay to
0: have a splurge day. And also, you know, we, we played the game thumbs up, thumbs down for the previews. You hated every preview. There's no movie that you liked in the previews. You gave everything Black Adam, starring The Rock, the new Harry Styles movie. You had every movie that you had an opportunity to give a thumbs up. There's a couple of that I like. Oh, that looks pretty good. You give a thumbs up to every preview. So you are very hard to please. You're a very harsh critic when it comes to the movies.
1: I was really. Upset with you a little bit. You don't realize you went to the bathroom or something right at the beginning of the previews, right? And you missed the you missed the first preview. And it's a comedy about the LGBTQ community. No, I saw it's, the end of that. I know, but I gave that one a thumbs up. That was the one. Uh, you were I don't know you were you it's weren't not very. It's not because it's LGBTQ, it's not because it's not LGBTQ plus, but it's because it looked like a really funny movie.
0: It didn't seem like you were very complimentary of it when I got back, but that's fine. Okay, you gave it.
1: No, I gave it a up. You gave down, that, and then, then,
0: then the rest of them you hated.
1: Yeah, I did. I didn't like any of
0: them. Yeah, I'm not. I, I, most previews, uh, most movies stink. Yeah. You know? What about the, the one with Diane Keaton, when she, like, it's like a reversal of. Uh, what what the fuck is the the movie when remember when uh, was it Fred Savage? Well, they've had many movies where the kid and the adult switch places or whatever, and then the kids and the what? And so this one was different because it's like a it's like a twenty five year old girl that that switches bodies with a, like a seventy or sixty year old woman and Diane Keaton. It's like pretty good. It looks like a like an eighties okay, comedy. So there you go. What you gave yeah, it a thumbs down. I, I,
1: that was fucking bad. Okay, there, hey. I said that word. All hey, right. that hey. Was- that that was really really bad. Okay, that that concept's been done so many times. So you're 25 year old woman, you become a 67 year old woman. You're caught in a 67 year old woman's body. Yeah. Never once she didn't look 67. She looked like about 47. So because I'm 60 and I know she looked younger than that. And let me just tell you, it was not a good concept. This it's been done before. Been there, done that.
0: Bad idea. Bad concept. Not going to work. Chick flick. Not good. See this. So this is why I was worried. Because then the Elvis movie starts, and I'm thinking, well shit, he hates every every fucking preview. He's not gonna like the Elvis movie. And I built this up. I told you how much I loved it. And I was I was like talking about it in the lobby before, and you told me, stop, shut up. I don't want to hear nothing else about this. Because you went in without yeah. knowing anything about this. So we get in there, and so and, and, and it was it's almost three hours. And I'm 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 gonna go this is what I'll say before I get your review of Elvis that I've cried every time I've seen it, and you cried at the end of the movie, and that's all I wanted to see, so I know that the movie touched you emotionally. So now you tell me and tell all of the people listening to this podcast, give us your review of Elvis the movie.
1: I will. I cried, and you shouldn't have said anything because you, you were all worried. You, you were so – because you said, Gary, the, let me explain something. In The first 45 minutes, the first 45 minutes, you're, it's, it's, let me say, after the first 45 minutes, it's going to take off. Right. Okay, and I'm like, first of all, I thoroughly enjoyed the first 45 minutes, and then at 45 minutes, you look at me. This is when it really starts going. That's right. I'm like, okay, well, I already loved it. Okay, so anyway – I, I love the whole movie. Tom Hanks did a superb job because, you know, and in fact, when I've gone back, I, I've loved Tom Hanks over the years. He's. He gets a, some of these superstars; it's too much of them. And and but this character, I did not know it was Tom Hanks for the first forty-five minutes of the movie. So he hadn't have been acting amazingly well with some great makeup in the fat suit or whatever he had on. But it was. It was really, really good. And so the Tom Hanks part was good, and then the, the main character, yes, he deserves uh, an, a, a, an award for that, a, an Oscar. Uh, that was great, great, great presentation of Elvis from a kid all the way up, and uh, it, it was very good. It was solid. I, my takeaway on the movie is how sad was Elvis's life. Great! You want to be a superstar in this world? Sometimes if you're going to be a superstar, it'd be nice to just stop and smell the roses. And I'm sure the medication that he got addicted to, the the you know the pain medication, the medication to keep him awake and whatever, uh, he probably needed to go to rehab really bad at the end, and it's too bad he didn't to be able to stop and get sober and smell the roses because he's one of the superstar of all superstars that never got to enjoy it. That's my takeaway is, is how rough life is, Stephen. This is amazing. How rough life is for every one of us. It is not easy, and of all people – Elvis uh, was dominated by that by the manager, and it was just it was just it was really really a well done movie, long movie, but you just didn't feel like it was long. It was just uh, I give it a thumbs up.
0: And so you you hit on a couple of points there, Austin Butler. Absolutely deserves to win the Academy Award. I don't fucking care about any other movie. He was so good, and I went into this thing. I was going to be super critical because I love Elvis. I've seen, I think, every movie that's ever portrayed Elvis by another actor, TV shows, whatever else. And I always pick him apart. He was phenomenal. I don't. I didn't even know who the fuck Austin Butler was, and I was worried. I thought he's like a kid actor that was in iCarly and Ned's Declassified. School survival guide and aliens in the attic and all kinds of weird shit. Like I, I didn't know. I, apparently, he was one in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and so he, that that was uh, the Quentin Tarantino movie where he played uh, Tex Watson. So, but he was an unknown to me, and he was so captivating. When he was on the air, and yes, I liked the second half of the movie better when it started to shift gears into Elvis, like the '68 comeback special. But they highlighted some of the the best. Performances that were landmarks in Elvis's career when he, you know, saying Hound Dog on the Milton Berle show uh, when he had that performance at the ballpark, but then really when he uh, performed on the 68 comeback special in the leather outfit and then when he sang uh, if I can dream and then his performance at the international hotel in Vegas uh, and then, you know, in all these landmark performances. And then of course, And, you know, spoiler alert, at the ending, the ending's perfect. It's one of the most perfect endings I've ever seen in a movie. When it has him singing, he's overweight, he's clearly under the influence of, of drugs and everything else, and he sits down at the piano, and the colonel's describing, a couple of weeks before Elvis died, I saw him sing, and he, and you know you hear people that say they, they sang with all their heart he sang with all his life and it was almost like he knew he didn't have much time left and he and he sat down and played the uh, piano and sang Unchained Melody and it's Austin Butler in all this makeup as Elvis singing uh, but it's Elvis's voice and then they, they they do a couple of highlights of the real Elvis and then when they come back it's the actual footage of Elvis in that concert singing and it just brings you to tears Austin Butler was so phenomenal. Sometimes I thought maybe there was too much Tom Hanks. Every once in a while I thought his accent was a little bit distracting, but you needed to have an antagonist in this movie and that that was it made you fucking hate the colonel. It made you hate the colonel and Tom Hanks to make you hate Tom, Who fucking hates Tom Hanks? Now I hate him because of the colonel Tom Parker. But <laughs> Austin Butler was so fantastic. He was so dynamic. Gary, there were times in the sixty-eight comeback special, and when he was Elvis in Vegas, there were times I'd lost myself in the movie and thinking I'm watching Elvis. That's how good he was, don't you think? He was fantastic as Elvis.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just gave me chills just listening to you describe it. It's a great job as always, Stephen St. John. Wow, that was epic. But let me just tell you, yes, Austin Butler deserves the Oscar. And I didn't know which parts was Austin Butler, which part was really. Uh, Elvis. There are other parts of the movie I wasn't sure was that really Elvis. Or when when he when you're when you think it might really be Elvis and it's not and it's Austin Butler. I mean that that is acting at its best and it, it was just really really well done. That was incredible. And then the movie is just about over and then it goes to that last scene when it could have ended and instead it just draws the tears out. It was just so powerful, emotional, sad. And rejoiceful for the career that the guy had at 42 years old um, when, he, when he ended up dying, but it was just uh, we got we got robbed we got robbed of another superstar who would have you would have loved to see that superstar get to the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. I mean, in the in the in the highlights of you know, the, the 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 end of your career, you know. The it's just it's just too bad we got robbed of that. But yes, it drew me to tears. He deserves an Oscar. Tom Hanks might too. I mean, he just might deserve one for that role. But that was amazing.
0: You know, and and you know, and Baz Luhrmann. Who it's funny now. This is probably going to be one of, if not my favorite movie of all time. Susan's favorite movie, Moulin Rouge. He was the director of that movie as well. What a fantastic job! It was a visual experience, wasn't it? I mean, it was like. It's one of those movies you got to see on the big screen at the movie theater. The soundtrack, the 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 visual, the, the, it was, the it was so artistic and just everything about it. It was it was like almost like a, a an acid trip. You were like in like the first forty five minutes, it's all over the place, but it was uh, a visual spectacular, was it not?
1: It was. It was. It was really great, and it was really great how that it began, where you started going through his roots of where he grew up and, and the kind of atmosphere he grew up in. And, and um, you know, they were not an affluent family. They're a very poor family. And the father was not very, you know, a- ambitious. And the, the relationship with his mother, it was established. It was just really, really good. It was just, I, I love it. As I said, thumbs up all the way.
0: And something you'll like here, I read an article that Boz Lurman to, to get Austin Butler prepared for that first uh, performance uh, you know at the hayride when he's up there and he, you know kind of starts kind of meekly and and he's being heckled by the by the crowd when he came in to record some of the songs for the soundtrack he had a bunch of RCA executives there in the studio all sitting facing him and when he started to sing and perform like Elvis he had told them ahead of time heckle him fuck with him yell at him make him feel bad and Austin Butler said after that, he went home in tears. He was so wow. devastated by the reaction there, by the executives and stuff like that. And it was it was you know Boz Lurman that was a technique he utilized. And I guess Austin Butler talked to Leonardo DiCaprio and say, "Hey, this guy is going to do stuff to you like this to get the most out of you, so be prepared for it." And she so said, "That's what prepared him." To, to when, when Elvis looked like he was embarrassed and he wasn't sure he was going to be able to pull it off there at the uh, you know in that first concert scene that first performance in the hayride, uh, so cool things like that that I'm learning about uh, you know how uh, what a great job Boz Luhrmann did as the director and also Gary that was two minutes or two hours and thirty seven minutes of a movie. They forced him to make a whole bunch of cuts. Boz Lorman says there's a there's a four hour plus version of that movie, and I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna get my fucking hands on that. I'm gonna watch that four <laughs> times over four hours. I cannot wait. And Gary, I'm still. Well, I, we, we, you, we will watch the four hour movie together, will we not?
1: I don't. I, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I, I can tell you right now, I am not going to do that. Oh, but shit! Uh, I did get home last night, and I called up Wikipedia, and I literally read the entire thing on Elvis to get the, the scoop on everything. And and after reading, after going to that movie, and then going to that Wikipedia version of his life, and it's pretty in depth on there online. You can look it up, but go to see the movie first. But it really clarified a couple things, but every single thing in that movie was authentic. I can't believe some of the things Elvis went through. I can't believe that, that he was actually told not to dance the way he danced. Because, you know, I can relate to that in some of the things I do in my career. You know, I'm a goofball. You have to be yourself. And that was amazing how he would turn on the women with, the, with his moves and all kinds of things. And it, it was just incredible. Uh, it, it, it just amazing, but no, I'm not going to watch the four-hour version. I, but but uh, uh, I did, I did go in depth and learn more about it. And,
0: and also, a lot of people don't know. You mentioned that, and you made the the comparison to your career. Uh, for a while at uh, 41, they would only film you from the waist up, much like Elvis, because of all your gyrating during the forecast, and so all your <laughs> pelvis thrust, uh, pelvic thrust. So, uh, and you, oh, you, yeah. you, you're you're you are like the weather the weatherman, Elvis, aren't you? Don't you think? <laughs> no. <not laughs> not even close, but yeah, uh, I, I did wiggle a little bit. <laughs> Gary, thank you so much for being a guest on Hot Mic with SSJ. Uh, now, next time, I want you to come in studio and do the whole hour with me, and we're going to talk about nothing but your career and you battling cancer and defeating cancer and becoming one of the most beloved people in Kansas City history, so you know, a couple of weeks or a month, whenever you get time, I want you to sit down with me in studio and be a uh, formal guest, but thank you for offering your Elvis review, and Thanks for hanging out with me at the movies yesterday.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate the the conversation, and let's definitely do that within the next month.
0: That's right. Looking forward to it. That was my good friend Gary Lezak with his review of Elvis that uh, we went to see yesterday at Barry Woods with uh, my wife Susan St. John's. We had a wonderful time, and uh, go see Elvis. And, again, let me tell you, I've seen that movie four times I might go see it a fifth time because it's just one of those things that seeing it on the big screen is totally different. And I think I've heard in, in August, it's going to be uh, released on HBO max, I think. And I'll watch the fucking shit out of it at home too. And if I ever can't get my hands on the director's cut, I will watch it. And I will make Gary Lee Tech, uh watch it with me. Uh, and so, uh, and just Austin Butler, I didn't know who you were before this movie. Now I love you. Now you're my top five favorite actors. And so, uh, and let me tell you something, it's not good to be one of my favorite actors, though, because I i must mention, rest in peace, over the last several weeks, we've lost Ray Liotta, who is one of the finest actors ever. I love Ray Liotta and his performance in Goodfellas. Um, I, mean, I put that up there, top ten performances I've ever seen. And, it's, and sometimes it's underrated because he was, you know, you're in Joe Pesci, you're with Robert De Niro, you're with Paul Sorvino, who also just passed so we Rest in peace, Paul Sorvino, but Ray Liotta. That will go down in history as one of the greatest performances ever in any movie in Goodfellas. And then we lost Jimmy Kahn, James Kahn, who, of course, played Sonny Corleone in The Godfather. And James Kahn, uh, such a tremendous body of work, but... But fuck, if you played a gangster in one of my favorite movies, go to the doctor and get yourself looked at because there's some bad shit going on. Ray Liotta, James Caan, Paul Sorvino, all rest in peace. I will watch your movies and I will remember you finally. Uh, Also, a couple of things that I'm watching right now or I have been watching on the TV that I will uh, recommend. The Old Man, which is streaming. It's on FX, but you can watch it on Hulu starring Jeff Bridges. And John Lithgow, and let me tell you, it's fucking good. And Jeff Bridges plays uh, an ex-CIA operative that's just living among us now and has put all of his past behind him, but then he's pulled back in by— I'm not going to give too much, but he's pulled back in, and John Lithgow's in there, and all kinds of shit going on. It's it's action. It's, it's, It's really good. I mean, it's great. Jeff Bridges is awesome. But they stopped it at seven episodes. And, like, it got to this peak, and you're thinking, okay, this is episode seven, and then episode eight, all oh, the shit's going to hit the fan, here we go, and then after episode seven, episode eight never came out, and I look it up, I go, okay, when is episode fucking eight coming out? You don't stop a series at seven, and they built it up, and it was peaking, and everything's good, okay, and me and my wife go, oh, shit, episode eight's going to be good, they fucking stop it at seven, and, like, all this shit's unresolved, like, what the fuck are you doing? What happened? To episode eight. And I'll look on there and there's going to be season two. But then I got to wait. I'm thinking whose decision was it to say, OK, we're going to stop at seven because they fucked with my mind and they fucked with other people, too, because, you know, if you're watching the old man, you know that you were after episode seven. go like, oh, episode eight. Mark it down next fucking Friday. And there was no episode eight. We're waiting for an episode that never happened. And so hopefully it won't be too long. Uh, before the second season hits, but that was really good. But don't get pissed off after episode seven when episode eight doesn't happen. Don't blame me. I I warned you. Uh, We're also watching season four of Westworld, and I enjoy it. There's a lot of gratuitous nudity and violence, but I will tell you, and I feel like I'm a somewhat intelligent man. I fucking try so hard to follow what's going on in Westworld uh, in any of the episodes. And I, so I like it. It's visually stimulating. I love the characters. No idea what the fuck's going on. None. I've just like fucking watched like different scenes that I like. And I think I know what this character is. And then Ed Harris is, uh, I guess he's the fucking robot now talking to the real Ed Harris who I don't know, but he's hooked up to some. I don't know what's going on. I like it. It's enjoyable. The entertainment value is very high. But if like someone said, hey, tell me what Westworld Season 4 is about, I have no fucking idea. People are fucking dying, and there's reality, and there's not reality, and there's two Ed Harris's, and I don't fucking know. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what's happening, but I like it. And so that's like a weird way to tell you to watch Westworld, but I've I clearly... Either that or I'm just fucking dumb now because I've watched too much action movies and I don't know what the fuck's going on and I can only process Elvis right now. But I watch Westworld and I look at my wife and I go, do you have any idea what just happened? I've got this thing. I've got the subtitles on so I can read what they're saying and I'm reading it and I still don't know what the fuck's going on. I'll go back and watch something from the last thing. I I don't know. I don't know who's real. I don't know who's not. Great. I'm still watching it. I'll enjoy it. I just have no idea what's happening around me. All right? Uh, I'm ignorant of everything that's going on in that storyline. And then finally, I finished the last season of Peaky Blinders. Fantastic. Peaky Blinders. Wonderful. Uh, But it's wrapped up and I was mad that it was a very short abbreviated last season. But then I found out they're making a Peaky Blinders movie. And it's going to be happening in the next few months. They're going to start filming. So, like, maybe in a year or two, that's not going to end it with the TV series. They're going to end the whole series or they end the whole Peaky Blinders experience with a full-length uh, feature film. And so if you like Peaky Blinders like me, if you love Peaky Blinders, then watch that final season and uh, be excited because they're going to make a Peaky Blinders movie, but they better not fuck it up. Don't fuck up that TV show because that's one of the best TV shows and one of the most underrated characters of any TV show is one of my favorite actors because you know that I love Bane, right? In the Batman movie when Tom Hardy is Bane, one of the greatest villains ever. Tom Hardy is fantastic and he plays Mr. Solomon's in this, a recurring villain that comes about, and you cannot understand very much of what he says, so you have to have the subtitles, but he's fucking great and he's intimidating, but he's also funny and so Tom Hardy is Mr. Solomons You, I, I salute you because you're a terrific uh, recurring uh, character on Peaky Blinders, and I hope you're going to be in the movie and so there you go, everything that I've been doing and I've been watching, We heard from Gary Lezak, and I've probably gone on too long about what I've been watching on TV but check this shit out, and let me know what you think? Send me an email, Stephen St. John at 810WHB.com. Uh, coming up in future episodes, Dustin Colquitt has agreed to be on the podcast with me. He's going to be my co MC at the WHB 100 years anniversary celebration coming up on August 11th, the Midland. Although, if Dustin Colquitt hears any of my podcasts before he's the guest, I'm guessing he's going to back out because he has class. Uh, also, we're working on getting Jake back in here. Uh, You know, there's, that's, a, that's a handful. There's a lot to unpack there. But he's going to get back in here for a podcast. We're working on a lot of different stuff. And I've got some exciting things planned for upcoming episodes of Hot Mic with SSJ. But I know you're going to be back, and you're going to be part of it. So, again, watch it on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Download it on Spotify, Apple, wherever you check out your uh, podcasts. And until next episode, the microphone is off.